Welcome back, everybody. It's Taco Tuesday! I'm Alex Padilla. I'm Alex Regla. Yo, welcome back, everybody. It's Taco Tuesday on a Thursday. Alex Padilla at Alex Padilla 86 and Alex Regla at Alex M. Regla with you guys after the Lakers drop their second game of the season, this time to the LA Clippers. 103 97. Alex, not the greatest of starts to the season, but maybe not so surprising. How are you, man? I'm doing all right, man. How are you doing? You know, for a while there, I was doing pretty good. And then that quote that LeBron said the other day, you know, we're not a team full of shooters, really kept poking its head out like a groundhog in that Chuck E. Cheese game, you know, the hedgehog game. You're just trying <laughs> to slam them down. Um, yeah, I mean, that was the story of the game for me. Um, yeah, unfortunately, too, because I... I I really um, thought the Lakers played a really good game tonight. I thought, like, effort-wise, I have no, you know, issues with how they performed. I thought defensively they were really good tonight. Like, almost literally everything else I was pretty much happy with. And, like, obviously the end result isn't what we wanted. But, um, yeah, yeah, they're just so close, right? You had a really uh, poignant tweet. Just It just cut right to the point. I think you just tweeted it if you wanted to repeat about the shooting today from the three guards on the team. Yeah, all that up. Uh, uh, because if you if you watched yeah. the game, you knew it was bad. You knew it was bad from Russell Westbrook. You knew it was bad from Patrick Beverly. You knew it was really bad from Kendrick Nunn. All three of them today uh, just had a really rough game shooting. And you tweeted it out, so go for it. Because it's yeah, just like so, that's the um, story of the game. Yep. So the three guards, Westbrook, Nunn, Beverly combined from the field were one for 25 tonight, um, which is really hard to do. Like that's kind of un- unheard of for all three, you know, just in general, one for 25 and from three, one for 16. Beverly made the only three and that was the only field goal of the three guards tonight. That is uh say that it one more time. One for what? One for 25 from Russell Westbrook, Kendrick Nunn, and Patrick Beverly, three of the guys that you were expecting, you are going to expect offense to come from at some point this season. And they went one for 25 and just one three-point made between them, one field goal made between them. Russell Westbrook 0 for 11 tonight from the field, 0 for 6 from three. He's only two points. His only two points came from the free throw line. Kendrick Nunn, a big fat zero on the point column. He went mm-hmm. 0 for 7 from the field, 0 for 4 from 3, never got to the free throw line. Um, that, to me, is the story of the game. The Lakers had so many chances to, you know, they took a lead there for a little bit, but they had so many chances to really get the lead, take the lead, and never look back. But they just could not hit any sort of shots. And it wasn't just those guys. Yes, those guys had a big part of it. But as a team, the Lakers shot 35% from the field and they shot 20% from three point nine of 45 tonight from Oof. three point. And when you couple that with them going 16 of 45 against the Warriors, it is, um, it's, it's been bad. It's been really bad. So Alex, I think, you know, we'll talk about tonight specifically because, you know, two days ago that happened two days ago. I think this is very two different games too. I feel like the Lakers, there was a semblance of a team there that can be very competitive. I think that's like, if I'm, if I'm thinking about a positive spin, 
today they showed if they give it 100% effort on the defensive end and they run the ball, they can be a pretty competitive team. Yeah, I'm coming away with these uh, both games. Obviously, both are losses, but totally different responses and, and feelings about the team after. Like that first game, they they were just outmatched for the entire game. Yeah, they made it respectable towards the end, but the offense did not look good. Not even just the shooting. Obviously, the shooting makes makes it look worse. But in terms of what they were running, in terms of the like how long it took them to get into their offense, just the general feel of that game, it just felt like they were just being played around with, with the Warriors and they were just scrambling to try to figure out how to do anything mm-hmm. tonight. They legit probably should have won this game. And that, and that's against a team that might be literally the worst matchup in the league for them. They're big. They have a bunch of wings. Lakers are small. Um, Patrick Beverly was fighting for his life out there tonight. Like, yeah, yeah we, we mentioned his shooting, but I thought easily Patrick Beverly's best game as a Laker, including the preseason was tonight. And um, yeah. And, Literally, they had to go one for 25 to lose this game. Two more threes, and it would be a tie game. Literally, just two more threes. Mm -hmm. And um, so I definitely come away from this game way more optimistic about their chances in terms of being competitive, having a general like identity. They found a couple lineups that I thought worked well. Um, Yeah, so I, I obviously it's deflating because, like I said, when you see a team fight that hard and really give a lot of effort just to lose on a couple of misses. It does suck. But um, if we're thinking like long-term, I thought this was a really encouraging game for them. Yeah. You say the word identity. I think we all were, were trying to figure out what they would be coming into the season. Obviously it's really early on, but now through the first two games of the season, what is their identity? I mean, in terms of what they do well, I think this is a team that really needs to play fast, right? They need to get out on the break. They need to play in tempo. Like I tweeted out during the Warriors game, if you're playing slow and you're getting into the half court, dribbling it up and wasting six, seven seconds, and then another eight seconds to get the ball in the post LeBron or AD, waiting waiting for that double team to come, you're just playing into the defense's hands. Like, because obviously you're limited with your shooters. So if, if you're just letting the defense kind of control things, you're you're not going to do well. And I thought tonight they did a much better job, you know, attacking off rebounds, um, generating steals. Like this team just needs to play fast on both ends of the floor because they're not big. At least they, they choose not to play big in terms of the, the front court. But so if you're not going to be big and you're playing all these guards and stuff like that, you have to be scrambling out there. You have to kind of put the defense on their heels. We saw a lot of double teams tonight. Mm-hmm. Like when Paul and uh, Paul George and Kawhi got the ball in the post or on the perimeter, Lakers would send two right away and force them to kind of scramble. That's how they have to play. They have to be scrappy. They have to be feisty. And today was a good, um, like a film session showing what they should be doing. There was a particular uh, lineup there that I thought just screamed exactly what the Lakers should be. I don't know how sustainable it is for long periods of time, but you know, the scrappy four of Lonnie Walker, Pat Bev, Austin Reeves, Juan Toscano Anderson, and Braun. Yeah. Those were that five right there. They're the ones that made the run. Um, at the end of the third, maybe beginning of the fourth, I'm trying to remember when it was exactly that five right there really kind of cap it encapsulated exactly what the Lakers need to be this year. Just they're not taller than anybody. They're not bigger than anybody. They're not faster than anybody, but they got to be scrappy. And those three guys, particularly Lonnie Walker showing a lot of signs of things that yeah. I wasn't expecting anything from him early on. 
but he's really showing his athleticism is is very 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 noticeable on television. Mm-hmm. Pat uh, Juan Toscano Anderson's defense is going to have to be as good as it was tonight. Listen, Kawhi makes shots over anybody. You know, I know there was a couple of little mid range jumpers that Kawhi had, like just drilled in his face, but that he Kawhi does that to everybody. Um, I thought Austin Reeves continues to show what he showed last year, and Pat Bev did his thing as best as he could because he was mismatched all game long as far as size goes. But I thought that four, when you talk about, you know, um, playing really rough on defense and just getting out as fast as possible, that four really, really showed on tape, like you said, what they need to look at and, and do going forward. Completely agree. And like you said, I'm not sure how sustainable it is just because they give up so much size with that. And LeBron to his credit, he was super active defensively that's not usually the type of lebron effort we get on game two of a regular season that kind of like playoff lebron out there in terms of his rotations his chase down blocks his like help defense was incredible tonight honestly and so obviously he helps make that lineup work because he was just cleaning up everything in the interior so if you're getting one of those off lebron nights that lineup is just not going to work but to his credit, he was doing those things. And like you said, all four of those other guys, that's what they do. They play defense. They compete. Like, obviously, none of them are great shooters, but they made up for it by generating a lot of steals, um, pushing the ball off of misses. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I definitely think, like, JTA needs to be playing more. I, I think that was clear tonight. Um, Pat Bev, like, that's the Beverly we need. Um, Austin Reeves obviously needs minutes. So, well, that's it, the Beverly we need defensively. Yeah, yeah. And um, <laughs> and so, like, a guy like Nunn, right? We were so high on him after the preseason, but if he's not shooting, like, just number one, if he's not doing that, defensively, he's not been good. He mm-hmm. gives up a lot of size. I'd rather them kind of go towards these bigger-type players, a JTA, like a Wenyan Gabriel. We even saw Damian Jones. play tonight. Yeah. yeah. So I'd rather them lean towards these kind of bigger forwards they have on the team because if if none is the guy out there who's supposed to be shooting not shooting anyway he's not doing enough on the other end to kind of to make a case to play like so I'm, I'm happy ham rewarded the guys who are doing things tonight mm-hmm. I, I i don't take anything away from preseason I, i've said this before uh kendrick does one of, it's just going to take him time to get into like real nba rhythm you know you don't play all last season i understand that he had flashes in the preseason but this is a different animal, man. You talk about one of the worst matchups for the Lakers. Um, when you bring up LeBron and talk about the effort that he showed on the defensive end today, um, it's unfortunate for the Lakers that they're going to have to rely on efforts like that from AD, from LeBron, night in and night out for them to have a chance to win because they're simply just not that good. I mean, maybe you look at it differently. I don't think they have a lot of wiggle room especially against the playoff teams in the Western conference to not give it a hundred percent effort night in and night out and be competitive. I don't think they're talented enough or can score enough to not give it that really like Herculean effort on the defensive end every single night. Um, Today they showed you when they kind of took their foot off the gas on the defensive end, the Clippers would make a big run and kind of easily. Mm-hmm. they couldn't rebound. They couldn't, they can't out rebound a team like the Clippers. They can't outshoot a team. Like they don't have a canard on their team. You know, they don't, they don't have anything like Kawhi on their team. So I think that, you know, Darvin ham has pushed that, you know, talking point narrative, whatever you want to call it all off season. And he, 
the Lakers have to buy into it for them to make the playoffs. I mean, it's for me, it's that simple. Yeah, no, like you said, there's no room for error with this team. The roster is just too flawed in terms of their makeup. There's too many small guards, not just guards, all small guards and um, all small guards who don't shoot well, yeah. which is really hard to kind of construct a roster around that as a, as a starting off point. So when you, when you already have that against you, you need LeBron and AD to be superstars. And they kind of have been like, I have no AD and LeBron have been totally fine. They've been what they, they do what they do. Yeah. And I'm sure well, AD gave us a scare that, yeah, I was gonna say, I'm sure we get into it, but AD his getting hurt kind of deflated things. And thankfully that lineup you mentioned uh, brought things back in terms of momentum yeah. wise, but I thought AD was really good tonight when he played and that continues to be a good sign. I really, really hope this injury isn't anything serious. His shooting looks better. You know, it just, it seems to be a little bit more natural coming to him this year uh two of four from from three tonight but yeah when he got hurt i think whoever was in crypto arena tonight it wasn't it because the beginning first quarter and a half looked like there wasn't very many people in there um it, you know it deflated the crowd it deflated the team but you're right the the other guys um came out and, and kind of carried the team back into it so that's something to keep an eye on obviously we're going to keep an eye on ad's health all year long but it's that back stiffness that caused him to miss the Kings preseason game. They put some sort of, I don't know what they put on his back, some weird big goal contraption thing. So, uh, you know, we always have to keep an eye out on AD, but now we have something to really keep an eye out. Um, the three guard rotation or the three guard lineups. Can you get into that a little more and kind of explain like why it just doesn't work so far in the first two games, when you're talking about the Lakers throwing out three guards, like what? what does that lineup look like that they shouldn't run anymore? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think it starts offensively. Um, well, it starts on both ends, but when you have three guys who none of them, I guess Beverly is the most decorated shooter of that group. And that's not saying much uh, you're, you're limiting yourself, right? You're obviously you're hurting yourself spacing wise defensively. You're just too small. Um, Russ and Bev, like even if they fought and I think Russ did like an amazing job on mm -hmm. Kawhi down the stretch there. I, I know his shooting is going to get the, the focus and, you know, everybody's going to critique him for that, but he really fought hard on a guy like Kawhi, who's like impossible to guard up. So like they tried and stuff, but at the end of the day, like guys are just going to shoot over the top of those guys. Lonnie has shown a lot of like potential that I didn't know was there heading into the season. So that's been encouraging. But in terms of like what they need to do going forward, I just don't think that group is going to work. And, and Ham has said that he kind of likes to stick with starting lineups and kind of doesn't want to just switch to switch. But I think eventually someone's going to have to kind of get booted out of that group. And like I think Bev, if he plays the way he's playing, I don't think it's him. If Lonnie's playing the way he's playing, I don't think it's him. So that just leaves one guy. And um, yeah, so, so let's, let's see if it happens. Let's get to that guy. Um, credit to us for going 15 minutes and not pounding him so far. I just uh, complimented him too. I know. So yeah, you actually really did. So congratulations, <laughs> because I think you're the only person in LA that's going to compliment anything Russell Westbrook did tonight. Uh, he finished the game over 11, like we've talked about in 27 minutes, a plus minus of minus uh, six, which was the uh, second worst on the team behind Damian Jones, who only played seven minutes. Uh, Russell Westbrook tonight, just pretty much as bad as it can get. You know, the, the crowd, um, 
what's the right term? Not like gasping, but almost like, <gasps> like, like they saw the twist when he shot a wide open three. <laughs> um, it's going to be that kind of year for Russ. And whether it's fair, whether it's not, I know that the broadcasts have really been pro Russ so far. Charles Barkley, Reggie Miller, you know, um, they've really kind of pushed for pro Russ talking points. But as far as the Laker fans go, there is no benefit of the doubt for him this year. So those pregame huddles will be looked at under a microscope. His stat line will be analyzed to death. His shot selection will be analyzed to death. Is there, and I'll ask you a big question, but if you want to get more specific, we can. Is there a way this ends well for Russell Westbrook on the Lakers? On the Lakers. Mm -hmm. We already heard Adrian Wojnarowski yesterday. They're going to give it 20 games. They're going to see which teams are tanking for when Ben Yama. They're going to see who's having a terrible season. They're going to see who becomes available. Who's who might need some blah, blah, blah. We've heard that already. The reports have been out there. I think those reports were kind of out there before the season even started. Like they're going to give this a little chance to see what happens. Um, with, all, with everything that you've seen so far on the court, which is only two games with his, my back is hurt because I can't come off the bench excuse <laughs> from everything so far. His performance against golden state was not terrible. Statistically. His performance tonight yeah. against the Clippers, terrible statistically. Does this end well? What's your definition of well, though? Uh, individually, like getting his yeah. name. Individ like... Individually, can Russell Westbrook become a positive contributor to the Lakers? Oh, okay. Um... And I guess another question before you answer that one, what does that even mean? Yeah, you know, I don't think it's all on him, though, right? Like, I think he can do things like um he did on Kawhi tonight like stuff like that he's screening more on offense he's helping push the pace like he's doing things better like than he did last year in terms of specific areas the only issue is like even if he does everything the coaching staff asks for right he still has very glaring weaknesses that no matter what are just gonna hurt the team like yeah. we, what he did like four straight amazing defensive positions like Kawhi and then passed up an open three because you can see, I felt bad for him because you can see it. Yeah. It was right there and he passed it up and then the Laker, he had to dribble it away, shot clock winding down, had to shoot mm -hmm. a worse shot, got blocked. And then the next possession, he knew he wasn't going to do that again. Shot an open three, missed it. Yeah. So no, no matter what defenses are going to treat him a specific way. And if you like compound that by also having, four or five other guards on the team who can't shoot either. There's really no winning for him. Like, like I said, he, even if he does everything else, right. He becomes an excellent screener. He doesn't turn over the ball. He defends his like ass off. He does everything perfect. He still has limitations and the roster has limitations that yeah. are just going to make that really difficult for him. Yeah. You know, it doesn't help too that there was an uh, entire off season of options to have theoretically instead of him. So now the fan base has this idea of what they could have instead of having this. And I think that doesn't help. You know, when you have specific names, even though Miles Turner's already hurt, you know, or, you know, Kendra, or, excuse me, Kyrie Irving, whoever it was, the, the combo of the jazz, 
all these rumors that we heard all off season, it doesn't really help his case because now people will be like, well, we could have had buddy healed, but we could have had, you know, Bogdanovich, we could have had this, you know, we need this. We could have had this. Um, I don't think there's a win-win situation at all here. I think, you know, nothing for me has changed obviously in two games than what we've talked about all off season. It's unfortunate that it got to this point, you know, it, let's just be real. The Lakers should have never made that trade to even get him here in the first place with, you know, he's dealing with the cards he was dealt, maybe not the best way possible, but yeah, man, I don't know how this is going to end. I, I know the media will make it seem like the Lakers are crushing Russell Westbrook. That's kind of been the, you know, the Charles Barkley saying the Lakers have taken the joy out of basketball for Russell Westbrook. And I kind of argue oppositely because there was no LeBron, no AD last year. They kind of just let him do whatever he wanted last year. And it didn't work out. So I don't know, man. It, it, this isn't a talking point that's going to go away, which I know will annoy some listeners, but it just is the fact. The guy gets paid $45 million. You expect him to do a little better than 0 for 11. Yeah, it's unfortunate. And um, obviously it, it looks bad in, you know, looking broader when all the other guards couldn't do much either. Like I honestly, I think Kendrick Nunn had a worse game than, than Russ tonight. Oh yeah. And I, I don't, I think that's going to get overlooked because Russ is Russ and one gets paid as much money as the other mm-hmm. guy. But um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't uh, like starting lineup change, maybe like the first thing that happens before a trade or something. And, but his back. <laughs> yeah. Well, I supposedly Darvin Ham talked to him about it today. So we'll see if that, I haven't read McMenamin posted something during the game. I have a chance to read it yet on ESPN about it, but um, yeah, it's unfortunate. Have we figured out what gift Russell Westbrook has given Darvin Ham so far that he will (laughs) talk to the media about when he inevitably gets traded? So I thought it was going to work out, man. I got the guy a bottle of wine for his anniversary. Have we gotten to that point yet? I don't know. And, and like, we know he's going to say, look, like, hey, I tried. Yeah. Look, he's going to probably point to those Kawhi possessions. Dude, they put me on the bench. What do you want me to do? How, what am I supposed to do if I'm coming off the bench? Yeah, that's all going to come. W- were uh, you surprised he got brought back in when he did? Yes. So that lineup, I, like you mentioned, really, really kind of kept the Lakers in it. And again, it wasn't just Russ. Like him coming back into the game wasn't the reason they lost. But I, it yeah. does. It does. Was that that was our first um, chance for Ham to not bring Russ back in? Uh huh. I was surprised. I'm always surprised when NBA coaches do it. Like, just keep riding with it if it's working. I was surprised he brought AD back too because AD was like a stiff, yeah, immovable object out there. Uh, I I know his. It just looked like his back was just not cooperating with him. He brought AD back. He brought Russ back, and they just went flat. You look at this is what happened from five twenty four on. Lonnie Walker went to the line, made two. It was ninety five ninety three. Clippers up by two. Five minutes and twenty four seconds to go. AD missed a twenty two foot jumper. Lonnie missed a point a two pointer. Got the offensive rebound. Missed that too. Uh, Le- uh excuse me. Uh, Zubats uh, blocked Russell Westbrook shot uh zubats blocks pat beverly mm-hmm. shot uh lebron turnover russ missed a 26 foot three lebron excuse me ad missed a 25 foot three uh and then lonnie got fouled made two 
So it's 99.95. So they went four and a half minutes not scoring. Yeah. And then they just finished it out. Like Lonnie, I think, got a layup and that was it. You know, it, they just had nothing. And that final, I think they were down. It was the game's over. It doesn't matter. Like they were down by four and LeBron missed like a half court three. <laughs> you know, like it just was, it was awful. Anytime that a team can put the Lakers into half court offense, it's going to go bad for the Lakers. Yep. And, and that stretch you just highlighted was, was the stretch, right? Like Lonnie had that transition break and he couldn't finish yet. He got the rebound, went up again, could have finished. And then um, that Pat Bev possession was pretty bad. Like he had an ISO. I, I, there's still time on the clock and he tried to shoot over Zubox and Zubox just blocked it. And like, those are just really bad possessions where a guy like LeBron and AD don't touch the ball. Like there shouldn't be possessions where those two guys at least aren't somehow involved with the final shot. And um, to have to have the- those both happen in that stretch, so it's just those are backbreakers. I think we're gonna have to learn to live and die with Pat Bev sometimes. Like sometimes it's gonna pay off. Today was, a, I think, perfect experience. Yeah. Of Pat Bev. There's gonna be days where it'll pay off, and there's gonna be games where it just is gonna be like this. Like, yeah, I, he's not an automatic kind of three point guy. You know, we don't have any one of those. So you're gonna have to live. We're going to have to learn to live with the Pat Bev experience. I think that's for sure. Um, coming into the season, uh, Alex, this, and then we'll get out after this. Um, we, we kept hearing about how this has to be AD's team for us to be successful all year long. And I am prefacing everything that I say today with it's only two games, but has this been AD's team? Has he been the best player on the Lakers like they want him and need him to be? Um, I, at, at least not like decisively, right? Like I can't say, oh, for sure he has mm-hmm. been. Um, I, I think on both ends of the floor, he's probably been the most consistent in terms of offense and defense. Cause like LeBron had an amazing, like LeBron was incredible tonight uh, yeah. on both ends, but you're he like, he's 37 strong defensively against golden state. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't really care if he is or not, as long as we kind of get what he's been playing like. Mm-hmm. I'd be happy. And as long as he's healthy, like I, I think tonight was like a really like um, eye opening. Like if he gets hurt or if LeBron gets hurt or just none of those guys play 35 minutes a game, this team's in trouble. Like yeah. they don't have enough uh, when those guys aren't on the floor. I think we knew that, but yeah, it's, it's just kind of in our eyes now again. Um, I, I'll say that for me, I'm not telling you he can't get there. Or he won't get there. I just think there's another level he needs to get to for the Lakers to be, as good as they think they can be. Um, he needs to dominate some games. Not every game. It just doesn't happen in the NBA. But he really needs to go out there and dominate some games. And I know he's not always up against like a Zubats, but Zubats was like a rebounding machine today. And I know that AD's back was tight, whatever you want to say. But, you know, Zubats finished the game with 17 boards today. So I think there's a level that AD needs to eventually build his way into getting to again for the Lakers to be like a real playoff team uh, right now. They're a competitive team. Obviously they're not getting blown out, which is a good sign, but they are 0 two for back-to-back years now. So uh, I, I don't know if, if there's an easy way to answer that question. I just think it's something to keep an eye on is how much can AD elevate his game? I think LeBron, we're seeing the same LeBron that we've seen for the past 20 years. I mean, the dude, jumps out of the building sometimes he he 
he is LeBron, so he could still has that other level. For AD, I hope he finds it eventually. Um, what we do here on Taco Tuesday to finish up every single podcast, I'm Alex B at Alex B86. He's Alex Regla at Alex M. Regla, the real basketball mind of this show. Uh, catch his work on silverscreenroll.com uh, when he writes. How often do you write during the season? So I, I, we kind of figured out a schedule going forward. It, it looks like I'm going to be every Monday morning. Nice. Uh, you guys can expect something. So a little more consistent this year. Cool. So check that out at Alex M Regla on Twitter. I'm sure he tweets it out. He's a great follow during games. Um, we like to finish off the Taco Tuesday podcast by looking ahead at the schedule and giving our predictions to what we think the Lakers will do by the next time we come on. Luckily for us, it's only one game. Uh, so nice little break for the for the old guys. AD, get that back healthy. Uh-huh. Uh, they are chilling in LA for a, over a week. Uh, they only play the Portland Blazers, and that is on Sunday until they head to Denver on next Wednesday, the 26th. Uh, so Alex, will they beat Portland? Yeah, I really hope so. And I think they will. I, I just like, I, I think Darius uh, Soriano tweeted it out, but he's like, I hope a game like this doesn't discourage them. Like, I, I hope they, they know that effort eventually will win, will result in wins. And just because they didn't win tonight, does that like deflate them in terms of like, well, we're not going to try then, or like, we're not going to have to put that effort in. And especially against a team like Portland, are they going to overlook a team like Portland? Because they've played two, um, you know, championship contending type teams in the Warriors and Clippers. That's really tough. So yeah. I'm not really discouraged being going too. But if they lose to Portland, I think that that might be a worse feeling loss than these two. Portland plays the Suns tomorrow night at home. And then they fly down to LA. They played a wild game against the Kings to start off their yeah. season uh, last night. Uh, I think they, they, I think they kind of have to have to win this game. You know, you, you really want to get some sort of momentum going, especially you got two games on the road after that. So yeah, I think they'll win as well. Um, and I don't think they're going to be discouraged by tonight. I think they will be encouraged by tonight because they, they made a little bit of a step forward as far as energy and defensive effort tonight. And I hope they continue that against the Blazers. If we weren't negative negative enough for you today, if you are angrier than me and Alex have been today, if you're like, what the hell are these two talking about with the positivity tonight after starting 0-2, I suggest you go look at Charles Barkley tonight on NBA and TNT. He has ripped the Lakers front office a new one. Uh, He is not holding back. Uh, He has not held back the past two games. I don't agree with everything that he said, uh, but Charles Barkley tonight um, definitely going off on the Lakers front office and what they have built around LeBron James. Very much worth your time. Okay. Uh, this was a, uh, this was a fun day and we will catch up with everybody next week. Uh, subscribe to this podcast. If you haven't yet um, at Alex M Regla on Twitter, like we said, I'm at Alex Padilla 86. Um, and yeah, subscribe to this podcast, Spotify, Apple, Google, anywhere that you listen to uh um, audio podcast. We will be back on Tuesday, I believe, unless my Padres do something. Uh, but we will get to everybody next week. Alex, any final words, sir? Uh, beat Portland. <laughs> beat Portland. We'll leave it at that. Talk to everybody next week. Thanks, man. Thank you.